Brave Maker currently has a 100% matching campaign. Every dollar donated until December 7th will be doubled thanks to the Jacques M. Littlefield Foundation. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. So it's Daniel, or am I calling you RJ? No, Daniel, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Long first names, two first names I don't use. Uh, is it, I was name. trying to figure out, could yeah. I guess, is it, is it um, Ralph James? What's the R stand for? Uh, Robert Joseph. Robert Joseph. Two very common names. I don't know why. Who's called exactly. Ralph anymore <laughs> in their 30s? Ralph, Ralph would have been a good one. At least that'd be original. <laughs> All right. So Daniel Hanna is the director of the film Miss Virginia. Miss Virginia is being screened in Redwood City with Brave Maker on December 5th, Thursday night. So two weeks from today when we put out this podcast. So get your tickets now. So uh, Daniel, tell us how this film came to be and why this film needed to come to the big screen in your opinion yeah so um this movie came about where uh the writer had met had heard about virginia's story and met her and they became friends uh the writer's aaron o'connor and um she's someone that i had known for a little bit and she'd read some of my scripts and seen some shorts and things like that and initially what happened was she and virginia worked on the script and the story together for a while um they were both obviously both very passionate about getting the story out there and, uh, and then when I read it, um, I came on board and kind of started giving a little bit of feedback, a little bit of notes, and kind of had a little bit of an outsider perspective then because I hadn't been with it for so long and was able to kind of think, you know, I was really moved by the story, the heart of the story. And um, we just said, okay, let's figure out how do we tell the story the best way possible, you know, while still staying true to, um, you know, true to it. And uh, for us, you know, we really think it ought to be out there in the world just to answer the second part of your question because um, there's so many parents and so many people out there that deal with different issues related to education, and Virginia's is one that shows that you can kind of start small and build a whole coalition, build a whole movement, um, starting with one person, you know, one person's commitment. And I think whatever you care about, that's something that is worth knowing and remembering. I like that, yeah, that whatever you're passionate about – has to start somewhere and it could start small and it starts with one person with one conversation that then snowballs into another conversation into a rally and into a movement. Yeah. How, how would you describe Virginia's movement? What was she trying to accomplish? So what Virginia wanted was her son was in a really um, failing like public school in DC, you know, and they have a really, they have a really bad, they, they had a lot of problems with their school system and they are getting better. Um, but she kind of felt like her son was sort of in a school that was forgotten. You know, um, it was in, she lived in, you know, a poor neighborhood and they just didn't have the, they just didn't have like a working system over there. And so what she was trying to do, she basically got her son, took her son to a small local uh, private school, you know, not like one of the fanciest private schools you know, in DC or anything like that, but like a good school that gave them a good, a good education, but she couldn't afford it because she was, you know, a poor single working mother. And so what she was really trying to do was start a movement to say, Hey, like, what if we could try and help parents, help parents with this kind of thing that are struggling in this same area. And of course, in the, in the poor neighborhoods, a lot of parents were suffering from the same kind of um, situation and really got behind her and just wanted to see, 
change and, and kind of took on the mantle for their kids. Yeah. Someone, I mentioned this to someone, I said, hey, we're going to show this, this film, and I mentioned Virginia's name, and someone said, oh, that's a very conservative story. And I thought, <laughs> what does that mean? You know, so I, I, I am sometimes super naive to the cultural politicization of, sure. of a film and story and stuff. So I wonder if you could comment on that. Yeah, I mean, from, from our perspective, like, our whole thing was we didn't want to tell a political story. You know, we wanted to tell, like, a human story that I think, I think your reaction kind of speaks to, I think, sort of common sense a little bit, you know? Like, it's a story about a mother, you know, an underprivileged person who's advocated for himself and a whole community of people like that. Um, low-income people, mostly people of color, mostly African-American and Latino who... We're like, hey, we're not getting what we what we should be getting out of the system. We're supposed to get like a fair and equal like education under the law. Like that's the whole point of uh, of uh, like Brownberg's Board of Education. And uh, you know, Virginia had grown up actually in a um, she, the real Virginia is a little bit older than than the way Uzo Aduba was at the age that she played her in the film at that course of her life. And Virginia had actually grown up in segregated schools mm. in Little Rock, and then was the tenth class uh, to join Little, uh, Central Little Rock High, which Central is famous for being that school that had to be integrated by the National Guard. So she was in the tenth class. So, wow. you know, it's the kind of thing where um, if you really you, you can try and put something in a box based on like politics, what it really comes down to is what's what's the human what's the human story and what's mm. like what's the what's the goal that we want for people, you know? And I think ultimately we want people to be able to have the best life they can and find the best opportunities they can. And that comes from education. I, I really appreciate that. That's a really thoughtful yeah. answer. I mean, as a filmmaker and storyteller, that's something that I, gosh, I, I love that we get to change open minds and we get to impact culture through a story, which is just so, you know, for me, like, what? How? This is just so amazing. And it's going to be very meaningful for the Redwood City community here in the Bay Area because we are very much similar to that DC community where we have um, neighborhoods in Redwood City that don't have the resources that some of the other, you know, neighborhoods across town do. And we just last week or two weeks ago, uh, there was only one thing on the ballot for this voting round, and it was about the schools. And they were trying to advocate for a parcel tax for every single homeowner to pay so that local schools, public schools, could be advocated for, and it lost. And it was a very kind of sad realization because there's a lot, again, you know, again, I'm sometimes clueless about politics and stuff, but I go, oh, it's for the kids, it's for teachers, it's for people to be able to, teachers to be able to have a good salary and kids to be able to get equity in their education, but people can see it radically different when it comes down to it. So I think it'll be a great conversation when you come up uh, on, on the 5th and excited that Niles Fitch, who plays in the film, is going to be there. Talk about the casting and how you got connected to Uzo and... Um, I'm blanking. Matthew Modine, you had some really yeah. strong cast. Yeah, so um, Uzo was our first hire, and she was someone, before we even had a casting director or anything like that, um, we were like, we really felt like she had this huge potential, which obviously she had gotten to show up for years and years in Orange is the New Black, but we felt like there was sort of like a magical quality to her in terms of like 
her warmth and her intelligence and just she kind of like radiates a sense of charm where she can even take a character like crazy eyes and make her really endearing and, and really interesting um and so we kind of really believed like she kind of is the one we felt like the one who could do this and so we you know we sent her a script and we made her made her an offer and i had a phone call with her and she was and she was in like she loved the story she was really inspired by virginia's arc you know as a person who starts off afraid at first to speak you know in front of her principal you know her son's principal and by the end of the movie she's like speaking in front of congress you know not really a spoiler there (laughs) it's on the poster yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um and so from there then we brought on a casting director and we just were seeing just amazing people all the time like so like and niles was one of our first you know we want really knew we need to cast her son we need to feel like feel that what this kid is going through um you know and niles had kind of gone through his own experience like that a little bit with his school um, when he was younger before he was like an actor and kind of kind of really related to that sense like he wasn't quite being given the opportunity to grow the way he needed to um and yeah niles is just uh he is such a talented mm-hmm. talented young man i can't say kidding right a, definitely you know? a presence that's for sure on this yes. is us especially yeah yes and matthew you know matthew was um brought such a fun like different vibe to the film too then, then like uh, he made it his own, made that character his own, and it was really like wonderful to get to do that and see that. But uh, Virginia still said, you know, she, he, as quirky as he is, she's like, that's how these congressmen are. Like that's how it feels like <laughs> to interact with them. Like huh. they're all kind of like big personalities. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like to get to work with someone like that. You know, who's worked with like Stanley Kubrick and Robert Altman. For me, it was kind of like uh, first a little intimidating, but then Matthew's so nice and such a team player like that went away pretty quickly and so yeah talk about that from a director's perspective what did you how did you prepare how did you feel when you came to set and you were working with uzo aduba and you know that's a big deal right and anything you can share just about your process as director sure um i mean the thing that was great at least with uzo i got to like ease into it a little bit because we we had a great phone call i don't know 30 40 minute phone call before she even joined in and it felt like we had a nice rapport and she really got the story and and you know believed in the story and um and then from there it was like the next time that i met her was um she was meeting with with virginia with the real virginia and we were all kind of meeting together and some of the producers in dc and kind of got to all talk sit around and talk about things, talk about the story, talk about her life, and just all kind of re-familiarize herself with, you know, this is a real story and a real person, you know, and um, and kind of like foster the attachment to that. And Virginia and I are, are good friends now, um, but you oh, know, wow. back then, yeah, we we like text her. We were on the tour together for the film and stuff, and you know, we we text her and then just what's up, what are you, how are things going? You know, it's, wow. it's kind of nice. But with Uzo, um, then, you know, she really is someone who is just a very wonderful, easy person to, to work with and talk to. So we had a few dinners. We did have some rehearsal time, which was not like, I think it should be like X or Y. It was like, let's, let's read through some things. You know, she would give some thoughts. We'd talk about scenes, talk about intentions, and just kind of lay a groundwork there. Uh, we brought Niles in on some of that too, um, so that he and Virginia could get to interact and get to get a little bit of a connection. Uh, and also Bones, who plays um, Niles's uh, 
like friend uh, and also gets involved in the movement who's mm-hmm. like a drug dealer character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of give them a chance to get to familiarize themselves with each other. So it felt like there was a little bit of a, a community already there since we're going to grow and add so many more characters over the course of the film. What kind of things, what kind of obstacles did you have to face? Every pro- project has challenges and ups and downs. And what were some of those for you? Our biggest one was time. And I know it's every Always, filmmaker's yeah. time. Time and money. Time and money, yep. And when you hear when you hear Hollywood say, like, it was such a short shoot, it was like 42 days. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you have 42 days? Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. We had like more than double our whole shoot. Um, but so that was the big thing was like everyone really had to bring their A game and we had to really be prepped before. It had to be planned out, know what you're doing. The actors, you know, there wasn't time for the actors to kind of like, Oh, what was that line? Let me just take five and like, you know, everyone knew their, knew their stuff and came. So would you have 19 uh, days? Like 19 days. Yeah. 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 That's like the norm. I'm here. I'm here in 19, yeah, sometimes 16. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And when I, when I got on, I said, look, with the script, you know, we're shooting outside Congress. We've got lots of scenes. We've got people on the phone where it's not, it's not like we're in a house and there's four people in a house for the whole movie and we can like really shoot it out. And it's one light, you know, we, we know what our lighting setup is for the whole thing. Like this is going to change. So it's like, it can't be the standard indie 20 day shoot, you know? And we, and we all kind of agreed, but then money, the reality of money came in and, and we made it, you know, made it work. And that was like the big thing was, uh, just being able to find the creativity and find the space to make sure that we're able to still try things and still explore even when we're when we, when you know your your backs up against the wall in terms of time. Did you have all were they all on location? No green screen or anything? Yeah, there's no there's no green screen. Oh uh, nice. I wonder. I was like is that yeah. really really shooting up? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing we did even um, even for Congress, you know, we kind of built onto another set a a piece of a congress set and then you know in, incorporated that into that whole montage at the end during the boat um not montage but whole sequence yeah so yeah we were all we were all there everything you see is is real it's fantastic it. congratulations on 19 days that's huge and the soundtrack there's some great music in the film yes yeah we had a killer music supervisor and then laura cartman did our score and she's amazing like she just had so many great ideas of, you know, something I, I talked a little bit about music at the Naples Film Festival recently, and it was and it was really cool to kind of clarify my thoughts on it. Um, and it really came from Laura, just like, um, you know, it's a grassroots movement. It, it, we don't want it to be a big sweeping score right out of the gate. Like you want it to kind of build and feel like it comes from one person or feels like it comes from, you know, a small community of people. So she kind of incorporated like, claps and vocals and mm. things that felt like they came from people a little bit and then as it went on and the movement grew and it became more like something that was getting news attention things like that we started to you know she would bring in more of a score a traditional score in that sense while keeping those elements and it was really fun just to see how that could really be influenced by the story and the personality of the film I saw a behind the scenes clip from your Instagram, which we'll put in the show notes from the Miss Virginia film, uh, where she talked about that. I was, I love hearing how people process and yeah. work through their craft. That was really cool. You guys have a great, you're doing a great, great job with all the images and, uh, behind the scenes stuff on your totally. Insta. So that's cool. Right. Ah, well, so talk about financing and, and was this your first feature film, second feature film. 
So this is my first, uh, my first like I did like a super indie feature in college, but, but it, this is like my first like real movie where I'm really? doing. Yeah, good. You know, you. like you know, ten, twelve years later or whatever. Yeah. Um, from the from the financing standpoint, you know, I wasn't quite as involved in that, which I know everyone loves to know the financing stuff because it is the biggest struggle. Um, when I came on, they had some of the money, like probably about a third of the money, kind of there because they had a script and they were going to do it, and they sort of had brought on, brought together some resources to say, okay, this is something we are going to do, but we know we're probably going to need more money. And what happened was basically once we had Uzo then attack, we were able to say it's a real thing we're doing. You know, we, we can, we can, we do have enough money in the bank to, to pay you and we're doing this. And then from there, um, the producers had the, you know, unenviable task of, okay, well, we've got an attachment, but now we still need to raise the rest of the money. Right. We have a date. So, it definitely helps, you know, people like to, I think the hardest thing with financing or anything is, is when you have nothing, you know, if you can get anything, an attachment or anything that makes it real, you know, the trains leaving the station get on board. I think that's what people want to get involved in because it's just a little more real and a little less scary mm -hmm. from their perspective. And I hear you say too, you also had a date. So the, the, yeah. the reality of a deadline looming is also something that really helps you get totally. off the ground. If you put it on the calendar, it's got to happen. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, in worst case scenario, sure, the money doesn't come through. So you put it back another month, but put the dang thing on the calendar. And then that helps light people up, I think, too, to get on board, right? It definitely does. In our case, it was uh, like Uzo had a window, you know, in between like Orange and New Black commitments. So it was like, okay, when, when we realized we'd have to, it, gave, it was great because we had a long time. You know, she wanted to do it, but she wasn't going to be available for something like nine or 10 months. So it was like, okay, we have nine or 10 months. Wow. You know, obviously we're not going to be working on it you know, full time during that time, but like, um, or I wasn't, but it's like, you can start the storyboard, you can be refining the script, you can be clarifying your thoughts, starting to find locations, all that stuff. But it was like, yeah, we had that date. And when, when that time was up, she's going, she's committed to something else and she's gone. So, uh, I definitely was like, okay, this is real. Like, no matter what, we're shooting a movie with Miss Virginia and Uzo Aduba and like whatever else happens, you know, uh, that just has to happen. Can't, can't give up. Attention filmmakers. Brave Maker screens films every month and we host an annual film festival. Submit your short films and features, narrative and documentaries on filmfreeway.com slash bravemakerfilmfest to be considered. Brave stories, brave makers, and brave conversations. Join us for our next monthly film screening and panel discussion. Tickets are available at bravemaker.com. Now back to the show. What did you learn that you'll do different next time on your next? I see there's some note cards behind you, some index yeah. cards, colorful. There must be a new project in the works. What will you yeah. do different or an ideal world if, you know, if you could change sure. something for you? What would you do different? What'd you learn? I'm going to set aside time because we never know what's going to happen with time, you know? So assuming like the same kind of, the same kind of time restraints, the same kind of all that, you know, I'd love to have more time, but the big thing I do differently, um, cause I felt very prepared and we really went into it knowing what we wanted. I would really just try and, um, have like more fun with it. Cause it's so stressful being on set and it's kind of a weird thing to say maybe, or might seem a little like, but I think you're there, everyone's working, and you can either be, like, stressed out about it or you can try and just, like, 
stay in, stay in the moment. Like, stay, you're still prepared, still hitting your day, still hitting your marks, but just try and, like, give yourself permission to, to like, enjoy the moment a little mm-hmm. more. And I think if you can do that, you know, then you're, less, you're a little less stressed, you're maybe a little less worn down at the end of the day, but you're still making your, making your days, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, that goes that goes a long way because it wears you down. It's the difference between a short and a feature is, you know, you have to keep hitting it day after day. Do you have any like specific examples? Like, do you? I know I've heard some sets. I, I like to do like the very first five minutes where everybody comes together. We do a deep breathing thing. We do a thoughtful sharing exercise. I know some people love to wear name tags and they have a quite a new question every day on the name tag or something like that. Do you have any ideas of something you would do to enjoy it more or stay present during, during set? Yeah. I mean, I think like maybe something would be great would be just to, yeah, talk about like, just talk about what would be an exciting, what would be like a goal for the day that maybe is beyond just telling the story or getting the shot, but like, what's like a goal, like a creative goal that's a little bit outside the box a little bit, you know, I think could be a fun thing that everyone could then be thinking about, you know, if like focusing on, I don't have a clear example on that, but uh-huh. like, you know, it's like this, if you're in a certain space or in a certain place, like try and bring something about that, like bring something about, obviously we're shooting outside of Congress, Congress is there, but what's something about that space and being there that people could appreciate or take mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Uh, beginning of each day could be, could be kind of fun. And then, yeah, I, I think little games and stuff like that on set, keep it alive. So I guess it would get, get like interfere at the last moment. Everyone knows how things, everyone knows when the time is tight and when it's not. You yeah. Know? Like now's not the time to play a trivia game. <laughs> right. <laughs> when right, the light exactly. is going down and people are freaking out yeah. about the sun. Right on. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're very excited to host you on December 5th and have Niles, and we're going to have a couple other um, people to sit on the panel who will talk about just racial justice and education and equity for all people, which is exciting. Uh, And this is our last film screening for the year, which is great for 2019. So thanks for letting us do this. So excited to be part of it. Yeah. Happy to go out. Go out with a bang. Uh, anything else I was like asking, like, what are you, what are you as a creative person? What are you watching or binging and why? Why would you encourage other people to watch what you're watching? What do you, what do you love these days? So right now I've been trying to watch, I'm trying to watch stuff different and exciting. Like I love Parasite, you know, oh, I just saw the, that. So yeah. good. So good. Um, and you know what I actually have really taken to doing is um, just watching, like, you can get the Vimeo app on your TV, you know, if you have, like, a Roku or Apple TV or something, like, the Vimeo app, and just, like, watching staff picks and stuff, hmm. you're seeing so much weird, cool stuff, and it's, like, so much of it is uh, not even narrative, and so you kind of, like, just get some cool images, some cool sequences, or sometimes a great short, and it can really just just inspire you, you know, because you can take in so much different content all at once and, and kind of think, oh, it's so cool how they did that. And then maybe later that's a scene, you know, that can help you find your own creativity in a different way. Uh, so I think that's something cool that a lot of people don't do. 100%. 100%. Yeah, especially if you want to be a filmmaker, a writer, director, actor, watching other people's stories, watching other people's point of view. If you're a cinematographer, just how other people frame shots or light a shot, like all that stuff. It's so great because there is so much great free stuff out there. That's that's a great idea. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've been 
inspired in different times of my life when, when people say like watch one new short film a day for a month or something like that like, like there's so many great things from five minutes to 20 minutes there's no shortage of inspiration so that's a good one uh, any any recent short film or something that came to mind that we could title click uh put the link in the show notes right sure. now? so i watched the short uh, just on Vimeo and still downline. It's called like the Tickle Monster or okay. something. All right, and it's like fun. It's like shot in a room. It's like funny but also spooky, and just like a fun, weird, creepy little short. It's like four minutes long, and I and I kind of like and it played up South by Southwest. And when I saw the title, you know, and it said like uh, Tickle Monster South by Southwest, I was kind of like, what is this stupid thing? Uh, and then I watched it and was like, that was actually really great. <laughs> That's like, awesome. Okay, I, I cool. I totally prejudged it and was wrong. I love um, it. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And um, where can people find you on the socials? Yeah. Um, so because I have my weird name, RJ Daniel Hanna, everything is just at RJ Daniel Hanna. <laughs> so R-J-D-A-N-I-E-L-H-A-N-N-A. So it's pretty easy to find me because there's no other people with two random initials in front of their name. Uh, uh, relatively common name overall. Is that a um, Southern thing, the R.J. Daniel? So my parents are Irish. They're from Northern Ireland. Okay. And um, it's not an Irish thing either. But, uh, <laughs> they just both weirdly had um, names, three first names instead of two and went by their third. It was just like a random thing that is not even across their whole fam, like, you know, their brothers and sisters aren't necessarily all like that either. Yeah. Uh, so it just was a strange thing. I think it was a lot of family needs to get credit in naming, you know, like a lot of, you got to name people after grandfathers and, but also cousins and, and, you know, aunts and uncles. And I think, uh, they just pack an extra name in there and for whatever reason, both went by their third. So it's I definitely a standout it. name. So I guess yeah. thanks to the parents. <laughs> yeah. uh, right on. Cool. We'll put all those in the show notes. Look for Tickle Monster to be on our socials as well. And Miss Virginia, get your tickets. They are on sale. And you get to meet Niles Fitch, who stars in the film and is also on NBC's This Is Us. Take a, a, a photo with Niles and Daniel. I'm looking forward to a really good conversation on December 5th, everybody. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Daniel for being on the podcast. Thanks so much. BraveMaker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Thanks for listening to the BraveMaker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend.